Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Chefs Network, we're the villain versus timeless. We're good always wins. Call it number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine with you for the next fifty eight plus minutes talking all things sports. Every good hero needs a villain, and I'm the best villain in the world. But I got the best hero on my side, the owner, the the, the big man, the head honcho himself of Sports City Chefs. TP Timeless is in the building, in the house. TP, what's going on, brother? I done took off the blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped outside. The kitchen timeless is alive. Sports City, what's going on? December, we are here. The the, the last of the bird months, man, last of the Mohicans, man. Again, that call-in number is 929-477-2759. A lot of interesting stuff going on around the sport world. A lot of people racing for the last little couple of games to get in uh, before they start making this playoff push. A lot of stuff to get into, man. I'm focused. I can't believe it. we're in December. I mean, I feel like the year just started, like, a couple of days ago. It's crazy the year is going by real fast. Um, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, my brother. Um, I didn't get a chance to, to highlight you, but, um, you know, much love to you and the family. Um, you know, we had a little break, you know, enjoying our families and our friends for the for the holidays. We're back. Back at it. Speaking of family, I got Malik's dad on the line. Uh, Uncle Villain is here to save you, Malik, from your daddy. We don't. We know he's a he's a real villain. But I got from the seven hundred three to I don't know all the zip codes. I hate doing all the zip codes. Mister Timeless himself. <laughs> I got serious. What's up, serious? You know what, man? Here's the thing, man. If you won't mention your nephew, he's calling by his name. His official name I don't respect his daddy. Monday. I don't respect his daddy. It's Bo Mamba. We're calling him Bo Mamba, man. What's going on, gentlemen? It's such a pleasure to be here with you, TP. Man, I hope you had a good holiday, man. Spend some time with your family and loved ones, man. Barry, man, we got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it, man. Let's get to work, man. Uh, you know, I wanted to get started with a little MLB, you know, throw that little appetizer out there. Um, you know, we got the hot stove on and popping. Uh, Max Scherzer getting the getting the bag, getting the guac, a three year hundred and what forty million dollar deal. Oh my lord! I mean, I, I just you know count the count the ways. Um, the Rangers spending big. The Yankees not doing anything. But obviously the big news. I, I, I'll start with you, my big brother TP, is that the lockout is imminent. It, it it looks like it's about to happen. They've been negotiating, but today was a very quick uh, negotiation. Basically, they, they pretty much came to the table and said, "You going to do what I want? No. You going to do what I want? No. All right, I'm good." It was like a seven minute meeting, and nothing got done. Um, we all knew a lockout was coming. Um, if you didn't know, you weren't paying attention. A lockout was going to happen at some point um, in December, and here we are, December 1st, and the lockout's going on. So, TP, I'll kick it over to you. 
The lockout's about to happen after Stall talks. Love to get your opinion on that, but really love to talk about the hot stove that's going on right now with all this money flying around. So where do you want me to start first, the lockout or, or the deal? I, I mean, you got so much Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, it's like a poo-poo platter. So, I mean, the, the lockout, I mean, real quick, because, you know, I don't want to give that a lot of shine. We could start there. Uh, just give me your thoughts, and, and how long do you think this will last? Do you think it will spill into uh, the start of the season? Um, they they need to get taken care of uh, before the start of the season. Baseball really can't uh, take another hit like they did previously, their last lockout. Um, to me, I'm going to be honest, as much, you know, fandom that's around the sport of baseball, baseball is probably the lower, like, entertainment value around the, the big three being basketball, football, or baseball. And um, they need to get something going uh, outside of just what, what they go to the ballpark and see. And right now, these people are paying top dollar to watch these guys play baseball. And um, for them to have this, this lockout looming and looking like it's going to be happening soon is incredible because this is, I think, the second or third time that we're looking at a potential situation where they can miss time. So um, they, mm. they need to get this taken care of. Those sides need to make it happen as soon as possible. Um, the Scherzer situation, I mean, that's why Barry brought it up. He's a Mets fan, so you, you got to forget it. <laughs> you know, so this, this, I saw this, this that. Listen, you saw it. No, I was there. I, I was there. Wait, wait. I was there. I was there. You got to see how much. Listen, you got to see how much blue and orange is around there, man. I, I thought he was Bo Jackson for a little bit, but anyway, you know. Wow. The, the, wow. the, the thing is, you know, like um. Scherzer signing this deal, I, I I hate to be this rude, and I'm not doing this because I live in this area or feel this type of way, but they dumped that much money into Scherzer, and Scherzer's getting older, and they don't look like they have a promising roster to get to a World Series, let alone entice me that you're going to win the NL East. Right now, the Braves just won the World Series, and they were injured. Like, they're going to come back with the Kuna and company and probably be stronger. You guys don't have the team legitimately, I think, that's going to end – all of the situations that you guys have been facing for year in and year out and get you guys right back to the World Series. Like, I don't think so. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. I mean, you just lost Thor and replaced him with Scherzer and, and feel like that's the end all. You you guys have to play consistent ball at the end of the day. And it's tough because, you know, a lot of Mets fans see them play well in the month of April going into May, and then it's just something around May, June is when they start falling asleep. And it's like their consistency has to remain there, and it's only happened a few times. So, I, I question it, but to me, there, there's some interesting pieces there, but I don't think they're the type that will get to an NLCS or World Series, especially by this one pitcher signing. I couldn't disagree more with that, TP. I think, I think bringing in Scherzer – I agree. Listen, he is older. He's going to be 38 in July. But I'm looking at him as he's still, he's still a dominant pitcher. A nice one-two punch with him and Jacob deGrom. But I like the Sterling Marte deal that they, they handed out. I think that addresses a big need. They haven't had a real center fielder probably since Carlos Beltran. So I, I think the Mets are retooling. They're not finished. They said they're going to spend a little bit more. But with this lockout now, free agency and, and, and trades and everything is on a standstill. And it's crazy because this is the, you know, I think um, one of the one of the largest periods in, in in free agency that as far as money, right? They've almost given out almost yeah, two billion dollars in contracts. They, they, they just got rid of Hobby too, right? Uh, Bias. Yeah, he signed with the right. Tigers. Um, yeah, they, they didn't get rid of him. They signed so with like, the Tigers, like, but but they'll replace him. They'll replace him. They they got a couple right, other right. outfielders you're, you're, on, that you're, they signed you're, too. You're talking about if and, and hopefuls. You're you're talking about you can disagree more. You don't even have a name to fill the void to try to fight the fight that you're putting up. Like like bro, I don't feel what you're trying to say that you can disagree more with. That there's at least two teams right now in the NL East that are going to be better than Mets next year. Okay, okay, we'll see. I, I just think the Mets aren't done. I think they're doing a good job so far, filling some holes that they need. I don't. I think Scherzer. I would definitely take Scherzer right now over Thor, uh, over Syndergaard because Syndergaard hasn't pitched two innings in two years. I would definitely take Scherzer. No, no doubt. I would take him. But the mm-hmm. money that they gave yeah. him, like I'm not looking. I'm not looking oh, at yeah, him. Oh yeah, like they had, to, they had to overpay. They had to. Right. That, that, that's a lot of money to give him. Like right, right now. Right. The Braves are stronger right now, and, and I feel like Philly could come out and press, or, 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 depending on what Philly's going to look like, because this is Harper coming off an of MVP season. 
Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real. No, You're seeing them once every four games. Like, offensively, you got to give me something outside of Marte. Who are you giving me, bro? I mean, listen. They already got. I mean, um, they got guys coming. They got guys coming back in, in Alfonso. They got McCann. They already got Lindor. Um, you're, you're talking about. I mean, they got Robinson Cano there too. Yeah, Cano's coming back, coming back off of the steroid situation. Yeah, hopefully he, he can get Alonzo's back to where he's there. supposed to be. Pete Alonso, okay, I'll give you Pete. Pete is the monster. Cano is how old? Cano's gonna be 39. Um, I have to check that. I think 37. Well, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah. I'll look up. I'll look up. I'll look up. No, I'll look up no, the right Hold on. He'll be 40. He's about to be 40. He's going to okay. be 40 years old. Come on. Come on, bro. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not banking on him, but they're paying him $20 million. They got to have to play him. They, there's nothing else they can do with him, right? Um, they're giving the older statesmen money like this. Yeah, no, listen, I mean, they overpaid the for Scherzer. I mean, they, had to, they had to pay to get Scherzer in, in-house. They had to pay a, a, a king's ransom. They gave him a, a three-year deal. The, set, the third year is a player option and a no-trade clause. So, I mean, they had, to, they had to go all in to get Scherzer, and they definitely overpaid because I think the next best offer was about 120 I think, or 125 I think yeah. it was. So, um you know, and they gave seventy-eight million to Marte, who's about thirty. He's he's mid thirties, thirty-three years old. Um, so, you know, it's it's to your point. I agree, it is overpaying. But I would it, in a in a playoff series, two pitchers, two dominant pitchers can really push you far. If you have Degrom and Scherzer in a two-game, as a as a one-two punch, I like their chances. I I, I it's early to say. To, to your point, but those two pitches at the top of your rotation in a playoff series is pretty scary. True. No, there's a lot of ifs, TP, but there's, there's ifs with everybody. Go ahead, go ahead, Sirius. I'm sorry. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, they gave themselves an opportunity. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that the the, the Mets are going to, you know, overtake Atlanta Braves, and TP brings up a decent point about the, the Philadelphia Phillies, but at the end of the day, they gave themselves a shot. You went out and got an arm, whether you overpaid or not. Max Scherzer has been healthy throughout, you know, the bulk of his career. You, you do have DeGrom there. So whether DeGrom lasts the whole year or they, you know, he goes on the IL, whatever case may be, he's an arm you have to worry about. And then again, you know, you know, Cano's coming back off his thing, but Escobar's there as well, who also plays second yeah. base. And can do, do some stuff in the infield. So, again. That, that was my other the point. They, they had a need at third base. They filled it with Eduardo Escobar, who had 28 home runs and 90 RBIs last year. Right? Can, 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 uh, you know, he, I like that. I, I, I like that move. Canna is a, is a solid outfielder. You're not going to look for offense. Defensively, he's really good. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, man. I feel, I feel like this too. Go, go ahead, Siri. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead no, 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 no. Sorry, cut you off. Now, honestly, for me, I, w- I was going to piggyback on what you guys were saying. I mean, I, I mean, you, you both make solid points on it. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of more in line with what Barry's talking about. We're just letting, letting it see. But on, on the flip side, see, I see where you're coming from. Like, you're looking at the age, and you know, again, they did overspend, in my opinion, for uh, mm-hmm. Max Serger. Who's by, by by the time the season starts, he's going to be thirty-eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. So okay. yeah, you, yeah. You said you said you said letting it see, right? So this is the crazy part about that. We've seen the Mets spend this money for decades. Barry, am I lying? No, you're absolutely right, and and that is so, a big so, problem. So, so they they spent a lot with, with of money, money to get nothing. Let, let, let's look at let's look at the bullpen, right? Carrasco was getting his hair mm-hmm. tore up last year. Um, Trevor May, the former twin, was getting his head tore off like crazy. They need these two guys to carry the the torch. If they, if they, and Degrom has been injured left and right. I still remember the games. I think it was last season and the season before that he was getting injured against the Twins pitch, and I was watching that stuff happen while he's on the field. So if he ain't there, Scherzer out there with one gun, looking like Harlem Knights in the middle of the alley, and Quick took them out. 
Like, like, nah, that, nah, I'm not buying that. You, you talking about you waiting and see? I think this is a two to three year project, and if they don't get it done, it's gonna be money that the Scherzer family counts, not New York. You know, so like, I don't know. And and, it, and it's and it's funny because at one point everybody's looking at the Mets being the best team in New York, and then they fell apart with the same team. Like, like they got three pieces that came in right now, and it's supposed to turn this over. I, I don't know, man. We've seen this team stack up before, and it, it just hasn't turned over. Again, I don't want to take too much away from Pete Alonzo because I'm a big Alonzo fan. I forgot that he's a gun. Yeah, but other I, than that, like, other than that, it's like, man, y'all got to prove to me that y'all can do this, man. Y'all got to. No, I, I totally agree with you. They definitely do. And I think that it starts with the manager. I think, they, I think the fact that they couldn't they get a GM, the one that they wanted, and then they finally got somebody in-house who I think is actually solid higher. And then they got these free agents that started kind of falling like dominoes. It's a good, it's a good story for Met fans. But to your point, I, I got to see it. The Braves are the team to beat. They've got to bring back Freeman. Freeman's gonna, he's a free agent once this lockout is done. So, they, you know, that's not a guarantee. I think he wants to come back. They got to lock him up. Um, they'll, they're going to get healthier because the, Acuna's going to be back healthy, right? So, to your point, the Braves are the team to beat. I'm not sold on the Phillies. They got work to do. Um, I, I don't know what Girardi and company is doing down there. They, I need, you know, we'll see. But real quick, I want to ask you guys before we get off this, are you impressed with what the Rangers are doing in free agency, inking Corey Seager to 10 years, 325, Marcus Simeon to seven years, 175, and John Gray, who got pennies on the dollar, four years, $56 million. I mean, that looks like chump change to the money that they're throwing out there. I mean, TP, I mean, where was his money with the Rangers before? I mean, they just put out a half a billion dollars right now to three players. They weren't doing nothing for a couple of years. Well, where you been? Are you a caveman? You've been under a rock? Where you been? You, what are you talking about? Where's this money been? Aren't you, aren't you a Yankee fan? You, you never heard of Alex Rodriguez? You, you know, they were the first ones that signed that $250 million contract back in the early 2000s. You talking about where this money been? They haven't had talent to give somebody some money. They got talent. They finally started dumping all the money that they've been sitting on all these years. 325 and 175 to Simeon Gray. Like, granted, I feel like that's a lot to throw to Seager. Like, Seager's an awesome player, but this is a lot. This is when um, teams have to learn from – previous experiences because this is similar to what the angels did in the same division when they started throwing money to cj wilson and albert Pujols and all those guys that went to the angels to try to make it happen you know what happened to the angels they sucked they did not get to a championship or anything they threw all that money to them guys and everybody ended up departing anyway they better watch it because this could end up blowing up in their face and to be honest to be brutal right now i don't think the rangers are on top of the ale west excuse me the the make these moves right now, I feel like they got a ways to go. They need a bullpen to turn them around. They they got a lot of work to do. Like, I, I'm not just giving them the leg up. They just threw away money just to throw money out there. Um, Seager's a, a good player. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to undersell that. But 325 for him for the next 10, you're giving him $32 million every year on counting. And depending on if they have the, the players around him to help carry them to a postseason. Or, or, otherwise, that's going to be the same situation y'all did with A-Rod. Y'all, y'all not living off experience. Like, this is you running into a brick wall over and over again. I, I just don't get what the Rangers are up to. But we will see if they can actually out-jump the Houston Astros. I feel like the Astros still own the West, to me. Absolutely. Um, Sirius, what do you think about the Rangers inking a lot of money, almost uh, over a half a billion dollars to three players? You know, my thing is this. I, I, I figured and I thought, I, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine about this. I think they were just literally just trying to make sure that the Yankees didn't go get them. You know, because yeah. let's keep it a buck. Corey, Se- Corey Seager was a guy who uh, was linked to the New York Yankees. So so was John Gray. So was, so was Marcus Simeon. So I, I think since the Yankees are, uh, you know, got quicksand and, 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 they're, and they're feeding and not moving anything, they just wanted to make the world's biggest offer to Corey Seager just to make sure that he didn't sign there. Now, for, for me, I think it's one hell of a pickup. You know, Corey Seager is a left-handed bat, um, and we saw what he's done on, on a massive stage um, and what he's meant to the L.A. Dodgers team. Um, can it all come together? Who knows? You know, the MLB is, is, is really, really big on um, – 
you know, making these outlandish contracts and signing players to these crazy deals. Um, It's wild when you start to think about it. But at the end of the day, um, I think, honestly, they were just trying to outbid, you know, the New York Yankees, the Houston Astros, because, you know, with, with, with the impending Carlos Correa, you know, moving on, you know, Corey Steve could have signed with a division rival um, in Houston, and they didn't want that neither. So I think they just outbid themselves. Barry, I want to ask you this I question, mean, right? As I'm making this move, look at that bullpen. You tell me what name scares you. Their whole starting rotation, a whole rotation, who scares you from top to bottom? Oh, and Texas, nobody. Anybody. I mean, but yeah, nobody. Right, right. So they didn't even have pitching. They, they, to got, they, had, to, they had to make us. That had to be. No, 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 no. Go, go, go. They had to say what you were going to say. No, I said I think they had to make a splash because they got the new ballpark. They got to fill seats. So um, you're going to bring in two, three new toys into Texas, and, and that's how you're going to fill the ballpark. I think Seager is. I think one of the better shortstops on the market, I don't think he's probably the best. You can argue if it was Simeon who had a really good year for the the Blue Jays or Correa, et cetera. But um, to to, to Sirius' point, I think he was a perfect uh, fit for the Yankees and the the Rangers swooped in and I think probably outbid the Yankees. I don't think they were going anywhere near $325 million. But new ballpark, got to fill it up. So that – it's that's what I think. And they they gotta compete with more than just the Yankees. If they if you if the Rangers think that's smart to contend with the Yankees and you don't even have your division figured out, let alone the league of American League like to contend with, like they they are climbing uphill with no legs. Like this is ridiculous. If yeah. you look at their rotation, even the bullpen, or any of the players that are coming out here to play ball, there is no shock value. These three players that are coming in are supposed to help lift this team, like let alone they're not even an add-on. This is like they are the team right now. And they're about to soak up everything. They can't really bring anything in there. This is the same mistake that they made in 2002 or three with A-Rod. And mm-hmm. A-Rod sat down there and was like, get me out of here. Like, get me out of here. Like, come on. They, they're, they're, I don't feel like they're contending. Like, we're talking about teams that are throwing money away, and they're not ready to get a, a, a World Series championship. They're not. They're not. You There's a lot of teams that are spending right with... now. There's a lot of teams spending right now, to your point, right, TP. I mean, you look at the Rangers. The, the Mets yeah. and the Rangers yeah. are the two teams that you brought up right now. I don't think that these guys – I don't think the Rangers are getting um, to the ALCS and winning it, and I don't see the Mets winning the NLCS. I don't see that. Oh, absolutely but should not. They the not Tigers. Try to the, roster, the, say it again. I could hear you But should they not try to improve their roster, though? Like, I mean, to TP's point, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, you know, the favorite to, to win it. But if we were having a conversation a season ago, uh, I don't think anybody here would have put the Atlanta Braves either. So, I mean, you got to go out there and improve your roster. And I think that the moves that both teams respectively have made. Have, have done that now. You know, time will tell, and we'll, we'll wait and see what's going on. But you know, if you if you have the opportunity to bring in a Max Scherzer, uh, if you're the if you're the Mets or, or Corey Seager, if you're the Rangers, you you, you pull the trigger on that, and you know, let the chips fall where they may. Okay. I mean, so I'm looking at like the Tigers too. Like the Tigers handed out some 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 money for um. Egg, what, um, Eduardo Rodriguez and Javier Baez that you know almost two over two hundred um, million. So a lot of these teams that you to TP's point that aren't really ready to start winning but, are spending to start winning. <laughs> they got to no, but they, no, right? but no, no, no. Not laughing at that because Detroit was actually making these moves the past year or two ago when Garden Hire went there and Garden Hire left. Like C.J. Cron and right. they came from the Twins there, so they're actually structuring that that movement. You see what I'm saying? They were already making right. pieces to build a foundation there. That's why it's interesting to get Baez and company to come there with the money that they threw out. It's legit that they bring a big name there on top of the pieces that they've already brought in on seasons prior, one and two before this. Now, looking at the the Texas Rangers situation, they won 60 freaking games last year. They lost 102 games last year. You think these three guys could get them a 31-game turnaround? Let's just say they go 91 wins? Exactly. So that's that's one part. Two, let's say right in the division. 
Seattle is a young team turning around. The Mariners look so good. They was threatening for the wild card with you, Barry, being a halfway Yankee fan that you are. They was fighting with you for the wild card. I feel like the Mariners are going to get better. I don't see them being better than the Mariners or the Astros. The A's may give them a fight. And, hell, let's just throw Shohei Otani in the picture because this dude is everything. And Trout comes back. Like, I don't, what? Like, they are in a dogfight in the West. I'm sorry. I don't know why the Angels – and I, I, I want to move off of baseball because I don't want to talk all baseball there. But I don't know why the, the Angels aren't in on these pitchers that they, they – you get Syndergaard. Why didn't you go – if Robbie Ray is available, I think he's going to the Mariners, right? He's agreeing to $115 million with, the, with the, the Mariners. Why didn't the Angels go get him? The only thing that they really need other than a couple of position maybe uh, upgrades is pitching. And they didn't get any pitching. They haven't got anybody yet. It's so frustrating. But uh, you got Otani. You got, you got two guys that have won, what, four MVPs. And you, ha- you don't even have a winning record. What are we talking about with the Angels? Who's running the ship there? It's ridiculous, but I, I can't. Call in number is 929-477-2759. Uh, the College Cookout, TP Timeless, the villain, Sirius, having some fun talking baseball. I didn't think we'd talk this much baseball, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do. I want to get to college football real quick, guys. Um, other than the biggest coaching job that was available and, and filled at UConn with the Huskies, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, there's a lot of uh, – uh, head coaching positions. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of head coaching positions that started to get filled. A lot of chess pieces have been moved around. You got, um, you know, Lane Kiffin at USC, uh, Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU. You got the Oklahoma job that's appearing to be open. Florida looks like they've been, um, they got their coach. Um, but out of all these coaching, um, all these, all these coaching positions, I'm curious. I'll come, I'll start with you, TP, the, the head honcho. Which which program do you think is the most sexiest one to go to out of like USC? Even though even if it's filled, I don't really care. I just the available positions that were out there. You got USC, Notre Dame, Florida, um, Oklahoma, et cetera, well, LSU. Which of these schools do you think was the most sexiest to go to? Um. The most talented is at LSU. The sexiest is the two teams that got left, Oklahoma and Notre Dame. There's no way that you get away from a team that's on NBC every Saturday and all of the big names that have been there and for all of the success that has been for the past couple of seasons. Even though they may lose a game or two games a season, Notre Dame is always in the fight, and Brian Kelly has been there, and you leave these guys where they're trying to turn this thing around. Is it you? Because it can't be their athletes because their athletes are there. They keep saying, oh, well, we can't bring the black athlete in there. Do some more um, research. Do what you got to do. You guys get to go across the country, left and right from Indiana. There's no excuse for that. And for you to leave this team while you guys have, what, one loss on the season? I, I don't – listen, I feel with him and Lincoln Riley, both of them did some disrespectful stuff. I do not like that at all. Lincoln Riley, that's the one that hurt me the worst because you had a quarterback. It's Spencer Rattler, where they call you the quarterback whisperer. He doesn't have a good start to the season at all to the point where you bench him. You bring a quarterback in that was supposed to go to LSU, but he believed in you so much that you put him in, and he starts running the table like wildfire and was threatening for to be a Heisman candidate. Caleb Williams is a threat. And you leave mm-hmm. him? Like, that's what – wait, wait, what? And it's like, okay, so you're looking at Oklahoma like they don't get athletes. They get athletes from defense, offense, and special teams. I don't know one team that don't load up like that. Like, LSU is probably the only one that loads up like that. Oklahoma is like that every single season in the easy old Big 12. In the Big 12 where it's easy. It's easy. And you left to go to USC where it takes more than a coach to build them up. USC has not been good since Reggie Bush. I'm going to be brutally honest. Brutally. Brutally honest. So, again, like I, mean, I said, Notre Dame, Notre Dame or Oklahoma, but where, where the most of the talent is, LSU, they get the most bigger names out of those teams that have been mentioned. I give LSU that leg up. But sexier, I'm going with Notre Dame Oklahoma because they contend every year and will lose one critical game that will keep them out of the playoffs. I might have to stay with this topic for the rest of the show because you unpacked a lot, and I really want to hone in on Oklahoma. But I, I want to get your opinion first, Sirius, and I, I then we'll – 
we'll come yeah. back to um we'll come back to to Oklahoma situation because they <laughs> well, he's TP is so yeah, right yeah, on a lot yeah. of different levels. Cook, but de- cook, definitely give cook, me your I pick. I cook well. I cook. I cook well. I cook very well. I cook well. <laughs> With that on, right? Um, <laughs> you already know. Boy. You already know. <laughs> but serious, give me which which coaching position, coaching pro uh, program, do you think is the the best uh, fit or the sexiest pick out of all of them? You know, man. Obviously, LSU comes to mind, but for me, I'm gonna go to a place that hits really close to home. Um, the Virginia Tech Hokies bring back a, a former a former guy in Brent Pryor, who is my defensive coordinator for the Penn State Nittany Lions, um, to have a, 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 an alumni come back um, and, and coach your team is some kind of special. Um, so for me, uh, you know, barring the, the the obvious and, you know, obviously LSU and, you know, you, you know USC or whatever, I, I, I'm going to go outside the box and go with Brent Pryor. Uh, going back to Virginia Tech to, to, to coach his alma mater. I mean, that's an interesting pick. I mean, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, like Oklahoma, right? Not only, listen, I, I, I'll ask. All right, I'll ask you serious. Would you rather coach at Oklahoma right now, this year, right now, or USC? Uh, I'm going to go USC. And to be honest with you, the reason why I'm picking USC, you know, let, 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 let me explain. Let me explain. Oklahoma's one hell of a coach. You know, one, 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 one hell of a spot. I, I give you that. But when you start talking about Southern California, you got to take everything into totality. It's cold right now in okay. Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got pretty weather and pretty women in SoCal. So at the end of the day, if everything was created equal, I'm going to California. You know, what Lincoln Raleigh did, in my opinion, was kind of I don't want to say it's shady, if you will. I just the the the, the way he left seems very very messy to me. You know what I'm saying? I was on Twitter I was on Twitter today and saw you know back and forth between uh, a current um, Oklahoma player and the USC Twitter account where he said something along the lines like Yeah, coach said that to us the other day. Blah blah blah. So the way this whole thing looks is real messy. But ultimately, if I had to pick between coaching um, and, and Oklahoma or coaching and SoCal, I'm going to go SoCal. That's just me personally. I'll get your opinion, TP. But for me, I mean, I'm leaning I, – I kind of – I see where you're coming from, and I, 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 I get it because USC is in L.A., right, the second biggest market in the country. If you win there, ask uh, Pete Carroll, it, there's nothing like it. Um, there's a tradition there, the Trojans, all that good stuff. But Oklahoma, to me, is in such a good position as far as they're 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 always in the, the college playoff, right? And they're going to the SEC. I think that's the big part that that we, that we were missing because that's why I think you should be pissed at Lincoln Riley if you're a fan because it's like, dude, we're we're about to make a jump from the Big 12, which TP's right, is like, man, to go into the powerhouse uh, conference in the SEC, and you leave. And, and now our star quarterback, who you bench, is going into the transfer portal because of you. And you're, and you're, and you're leaving Caleb Williams. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a mess that he left. It's, it's terrible when he's – listen, get your – if you're if you want to go somewhere, you have the right to go somewhere, right? If you want you want to get that job, Brian Kelly's the winningest coach at Notre Dame, and he leaves to go to LSU. If that's his decision, he, that's his decision. I mean, listen, having a, a five minute meeting with the players, hey, listen, I'm out. It's like it's, it's like the, it's like uh, like TP knows it's like Harlem Nights, right? You, you go, hey, put your mother on the phone. Yeah, tell him I ain't coming back no more. I'll see you later. <laughs> like, tell that's that's no exactly more. <laughs> what Brian Kelly did to his players today. He's like, I right, tell him I ain't coming back. I'll see you later. I'll see you around. You know, like, like you know what I mean? But, like, if that's Lincoln, what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Lincoln Riley did the same thing, both of them. Both of them. Yeah, I do not exactly. like that. That's disrespectful. They both did some disrespectful stuff. To me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say just like this because I can't, I can't sit here and mm-hmm. wait for you to come to me. I'm going to just say it like this. I think the only thing he did was just want to see the, the view of California 
or living in L.A. That, that's the only thing I could think of. He can't act like he couldn't get recruits in Oklahoma. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. He's getting, he's getting Heisman candidates. Heisman. He had one that was supposed to be a first-round draft pick quarterback that didn't pan out because of you. That quarterback did not pan out because of you. He's supposed to be ready to go to the league this season. He is so terrible that he has to go to another school and prove that he could play ball again. You left because it looked bad because you got suffered a loss. Well, no, two losses. I'm sorry. They suffered two losses. And uh, lost mm-hmm. his last recent game up against Oklahoma State. And this is you're leaving while there's a freshman that needs you right now. And this dude cannot only throw the ball. He's a great scrambler, not just like, oh, he can take off a run. Caleb Williams got speed to get away from corners, not safeties. Corners, and he's making throws like that's ridiculous, bro. And, and Oklahoma is one of the teams that retools at the running back position. So the run sets up the pass. You got running backs that can make the thing happen. You got a defense that stays legitimately charged up, and, and secondary players, corners and safeties that can hit. Like there's no excuse for that. Like he couldn't get money out of Oklahoma if he wanted to. I think that the desperate situation in USC trying to get a coach because they brought so many names in there. They're going after Lincoln Riley to whisper to some quarterbacks out there in California and knowing that they call that the, uh, the quarterback state being California. That's the only thing I could think of. But other than that, that's that side of the story. And then what Brian Kelly did down there at LSU, LSU suffered uh, – well, the, let me say it the right way. Quote, unquote, supposedly suffered with Ed Orgeron. He won a national championship two years ago. He suffered last year with the, the COVID situation. And this season they don't win mm-hmm. a great amount of games. And then you fire him? Like, you guys are out of your freaking mind. Out of your mind. And I don't think Brian Kelly's the type of coach to go up against the SEC because we know what happened the last time. He played an SEC team when it mattered. He yeah, played he got a guy. He played, yeah, he played a guy named Nick Saban. He had a, a linebacker named Manta Teow, and everybody picked on him before that game, and it spilled right into that game, and they got blown out so bad. I don't think they played an SEC team that mattered like that again. Georgia. Man, they got bullied and at home. Think- I remember that and- game. And what do you think? And what do you think is going to happen when he gets to LSU? He's going to see <laughs> Alabama and them cats all the fucking time, all the time. Listen, do you do you know do you know it's a, it's I think it's over. I really want to say thirty eight, but I'll just say it's over thirty. I know it's thirty. I know the number I heard. It's over thirty coaches that have come to the SEC and have been fired all during Nick Saban's reign. You think you going to come there and stop them? Boy, stop. I mean, the guy just won a, t- a national title two years ago. He's out of a job. Ed, Ed, I mean, at Ogerton, right? I mean, he just won a national oh, championship yeah, yeah. with Joe Burrow two years ago, and he's out of the job. Like, it's not a PP, you're right. It's Yo, not a ask, joke in the SEC. Let me ask you guys this question. Let me ask you guys this question. Do you honestly think that he was forced out, or do you think there's some other stuff going on? Because that's the thing. We've seen coaches hang on at LSU for longer than two years, you know what I'm saying, without a championship. Like, something, something smells fishy there. I wonder if something else was going on and he either got out the way or they parted ways or, or something because that, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, he was he was forced I, out and there was more or less the people around the uh, the university. Uh, I know people that live in that New Orleans area now because of the, the people that I'm around that are very close to, like, some high-power people that knew that this was happening week two or three. I think it was week three, but it was definitely after that UCLA loss where that's a game even right now, even in the back of my mind, front of my mind, there's no way the LSU loses that game. They lose to UCLA on the road, and UCLA is horrible. They are not a good team. And LSU lost that game. It was like they can't rebound from that. And then watching them, like, barely get through the season, it was like they were getting rid of Ogeron. They already had their minds made up, and there's so much money going into LSU that they they were going to get rid of them. And uh, I think it was the game against Florida. That, that's when they made the decision, right right before the game. Right, right. I mean, yeah, TP knows better than I do, but I, I agree, Sirius. I think there was something – they knew something was up, and um, I'm not surprised. But, I mean, it's funny that nobody mentioned the Notre Dame job because I think that's a death trap, to be honest with you. Even though Kelly won there, he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, just past Luke Brockney, I mean, Ray Nitzke, I mean, uh, you know, whatever. I, I, Luke Brockney, I think, right. Uh, sorry. But, I mean, like, he couldn't – he, what, went to two playoff um, playoff um, series and went to one national championship game. I mean, they haven't won the title since, you know, for, you know it's been a while. Ooh, I think, what? Notre Dame is not one of the 
Yeah, so, since eighty eight. Yeah, they, 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 they were close. You, you, they were you, you don't even want you don't have it in the nineties that was it. Come on. Like, that, that should be in your heart to take that. I'm saying that that should be in his heart to chase that. Like you're having successful season after you're going eleven and one or uh, twelve and zero at some point, and then lose somewhere, and then you're you're not trying to get a national championship to come back. They're on a thirty-three year drought, and you don't want to change that. You want to go to LSU where it's easier. You're not even challenging yourself. That's the same thing you did at Cincinnati. When Cincinnati was doing good with you, you left Cincinnati and went to Notre Dame. Like this is a lot of this is why I don't respect Urban Meyer. What Urban Meyer was doing once his talent left, he left. Like these coaches are yeah. funny. Like, like, what, what if every other coach had it easy like you? Or, or look at, look well, I'm, at glad these, the, um, I'm glad there's a transfer portal. But, I'm glad there's a transfer portal to your you, point, TP. Because they, they you know, these you coaches get up and leave mid-season, pretty much. They get up and leave, right? So I, I'm glad there's a transfer portal for these kids that if they want to get up and leave, they can be out and they don't lose a year of eligibility to do what they want to do. So go ahead, Siri. Well, let me ask you guys this question. I mean, TP mentioned that it was easier, you know, it's going to be easy for Brian Kelly to go from Notre Dame to LSU. Is it though? I mean, we just we just laid out the fact that, you know, every time he plays a SEC team, he gets smacked in the head. You know, at least at Notre Dame, you're independent, just that in the third. But you're going to you're going into the teeth of college football, where you got uh, where you got Alabama, where you got Ole Miss, where you got Arkansas, where you got Georgia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not too mm-hmm. sure it's necessarily easier. Not to mention, um, if you go in there with Notre Dame, you can you can recruit better. I, I don't know if you're going to have a good time recruiting as a member of LSU, especially when you're going to try to compete with other schools in, in, in the SEC, you know what I'm saying? If, if, if Brian Kelly walks into my house to, to, to recruit my son and, you know, Nick Saban walks in directly after him, uh, my kid is getting on a plane and going to Alabama. He ain't going, he ain't going to Tuscaloosa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, we were, you were fighting in the backyard if you told um, Brian Kelly he was going to LSU. I, man, I'd be like, yo, Malik, man, you'll grab your things. We leaving. <laughs> but now, here's the deal. I, I think it's totally – I totally disagree with you, Sirius. I think it's way harder at Notre Dame than it is at LSU. I mean, you can compete for right. recruits at LSU against Alabama. They got talent two years ago. They had, what, three of the best receivers and quarterback. They can get In talent the there. Notre Dame, right. they're independent. I think that goes against them. They only got to the playoff last year because they were had to be in the ACC. They don't get that championship game, that extra game against a, a ranked team that could push them into the college world, uh, playoff, right? They're, so that independent works against them. I think it works against I them. I think because, they're the, one of the few I, I, independents. The, 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 they, they always can't get um, top recruits because of the um, restrictions on academics at Notre Dame, just like at Stanford. So I, that that's always a leg up against them, and it's, they're up north. Why would I want to go up north? I can go to Louisiana, get some gumbo, and get some warm weather. Why would I want to go to outside of Chicago and we're freezing my behind off, see, and I got to get like a three point five to get into the school? I know. See, see, see. Here's where I disagree with that. Cincinnati right now is in the Atlantic Conference in the in, in, in AAC football. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're not mm-hmm. in the conference. They're not in the ACC. You know what I'm saying? So if you play decent football and you're blowing teams out and you're doing what you need to do, the committee will notice you. Now, I think, honestly, that Cincinnati's going to get into the college football playoffs and get their head cracked. But at the end of the day, you, all you want is a ticket to the dance. And what, and, and what Notre Dame did a season ago was they got a ticket to the dance. That had nothing to do with Brian Kelly. That had everything to do with the fact that they played decent football. Now, when you start talking about the LSU and the SEC, you got to compete with the LSU and the SEC and Alabama and Ole Miss and all these other cats who's going to come for your neck. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, the, 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 the easier road, if you will, would be the stat Notre Dame because at least at Notre Dame, you're independent. You, have, you don't have to worry about a conference championship. You don't have to worry about seeing Alabama twice or – you know, Georgia and things like that, which are going to continually roll out talent year in and year out. You can pick popcorn you and, 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 and beat them 45 to nothing if you're an independent. you got to see these cats in, in your conference, and half these cats in that conference are ranked opponents. 
Notre Dame needs to be in the conference. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't disagree with you more. I, they need to be in the conference. The ACC was perfect for them, and they, they, they didn't want to go in. I, I, I look at Cincinnati. It took them almost a month to get to the number four spot in the playoff position with an undefeated record because of their strength of schedule. The only team they beat was Notre Dame. That was it. They, they had to wait for Ohio State to lose. They had to wait for uh, what? Who was it? Te- was it Texas A&M or, or Oklahoma to lose again or, for them to was, get pushed up in, 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 into the top five, top four? They're at four right now. They're undefeated. Oklahoma, then it was Oregon. No, they're three. Yeah, they're three. Right they're three. No, fifty-three. They're three. Okay. No, oh, Michigan's four. four, right? Michigan's four. But they had no, no, Ohio Michigan's State. Two. Oh, the last two. game they were two. four. Michigan is two. Michigan's two. Oh, my, no, my fault, my fault. Michigan you're right, two, you're right. Alabama's three, right. Alabama's three, right. Cincinnati's four. Oh, Cincinnati did remain at four. But that's what okay. I mean. They're undefeated. Alabama had a tough game against Auburn. Michigan, you know, good win against Ohio State. But they're four, and they're undefeated. And they're going to romp against Houston in their championship game. And they, they, if, if something happens and the committee says, okay, if Alabama plays close against uh, Georgia, they'll get in with one loss or two losses. They might be get in if if Alabama plays well or if Alabama wins. Alabama and Georgia will still get in. Georgia will not will not fall out of the top four. If Michigan loses, okay, you don't think Notre Dame will leapfrog them? Oh, they, they, they could be the odd team they out. Might. They could be they the odd might. team out. Oklahoma State might leapfrog um, Cincinnati if 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 everything oh. goes as planned. Like, I mean, listen, no. I don't I don't think it'll happen, TP. But there's no guarantee that Cincinnati, Cincinnati undefeated. Cincinnati's on a, they're on a 24 game regular season winning streak. These dudes are not playing around. They lost that game last year in the postseason, and and everybody got so mad that they all went out there and watch the confetti fly to just know what it felt like to lose. So this this is destiny for them to at least try to get into this fight. It's bad that they play mm-hmm. whoever wins that SEC championship this weekend, but they deserve it. They they got there, and uh, Coach uh, Luke Fickle, uh, I mean, he's he done a great job to get these kids geared up to play some ball, man. I, I want to see Cincinnati do well, man. I it's, want it's to. Tough that they, won't, they won't give them the three or two spot, and – they're undefeated while these dudes got losses. Like, that, that's disrespectful. They should be the two spot, to be honest, alongside Georgia. Like, you should have scheduled them some better teams or whatever. It's like, come on, man. Don't do not do this to them again. And then they play something and it don't work out for them. Let them, you know, get their success and go out there and, and rock with these guys, even if they get blown out. And to be honest to me, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Ritter's the best quarterback coming out of college right now. I mean, I don't. I don't know any other quarterback that I would take over him right now. I mean, everybody else is like, you know, got something wrong with them. I don't. I don't know. Go ahead, serious. But see, but but see, the TP's point. You know what I'm saying? And again, to to kind of bring the full circle when we're talking about you know conferences and easier road and strength instead of the case may be. The reason why Cincinnati is four is because they haven't played nobody. Because it's not as easy as you think to be in in a in a in a independent or in a non-predominant conference. Like, if Cincinnati was in the SEC, if Cincinnati was in the ACC and running the table like this, then this would be a moot point. But the fact that they haven't played anybody and, you know, quote-unquote, haven't played anybody on the streets of schedule is as piss poor as it is, they give the number four seed, which goes back to my initial point. For for Brian Kelly to, 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 to be as an independent in Notre Dame, hell, they, they they beat the brakes off for Clemson twice last year. You know what I'm saying? As a member of the ACC, you know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. beat the brakes off for them, and they still didn't and they still didn't get as high as they should have been. They were, they still went to last year's playoff as a four seed. Now flip on his ear. If he goes to LSU and if he beats Nick Saban, which again highly unlikely, and if he beats um the cat over in uh, Ole Miss, what's his name? His name escapes me. Uh, Kiffin, if he, if, if he beats Lane Kiffin, if, 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 if he beats Georgia, whatever case they be, his, his, his accolades and, and, and his position will be solidified. You can't solidify nothing when you don't play nothing. You can't solidify nothing when you, when, 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 when you coach at a school that is void of affiliation. 
you know, to your point, they need to be affiliated with something. They need to get picked conference. But as we sit right here, they're not. So I cannot sit there and say that it'll be easier for Brian Kelly, the coach at Notre Dame, than it will be LSU. It'll be easier to recruit. <laughs> can, can you admit that? It'll be easier to recruit. At Notre Dame? At, at LSU. I can't say that. I think it's easier to recruit than, than Notre Dame. Than Notre Dame. Than Notre Dame, no. I can't, say that. I can't say that because, because I can't say that because then you, you're recruiting in the same pool with Nick Saban. You were recruiting in the same pool as Lane Kiffin. You were recruiting in the same pool as uh, the, the Georgia Cats. You know what I'm saying? And right but they're now, all in that. They're all in the same pool. Up. They're all playing in the same pool. But that's, that's what I mean. Notre Dame hasn't got any of the talent that Ohio State or, um, you know, Clemson or Alabama or LSU or Georgia has Why? gotten in the last, what, five, ten though? years? Because, it, Why because you though? can't – because of the academic restrictions, it's up north. I you mean, the only play. up north team that can get talent is Ohio State. Let's be honest. Correct. The, and Penn State can't get them. Michigan's not getting them. Only that? Ohio State will get the talent. Why is that? Because the tradition of winning, Ohio State is in the Big Ten. They are affiliated. So when Ohio State wins, it means something. Uh, besides this year, Ohio State has competed for the Big Ten championship each of the last five years. They've been in the college football playoffs each of the last four years. They've competed for a national mm-hmm. championship um, and so you, you, you have to win. You have to be relevant. You, you have to be affiliated with something. You have to play something. Like this, this, this Ohio State-Penn um, State rivalry is one of the best in the business. This Ohio State-Michigan rivalry is one of the best in the business. You can't, you, can, you, you can't do that if you're Notre Dame. You can't do that because well, you don't win. You don't get invited to the party. You can't. You, they do. They, you, you, you can't. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, but I, I'm, I'm looking at the academic restrictions as the big – the academics is the big reason why Brian Kelly can't get athletes at, at Notre Dame like, like any other school can. USC cannot recruit them, even though they, they've been down for the last few years because they're not, they're, there's no academic restrictions. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know. But real quick, TP, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati coach, is he coaching Notre Dame next year? Um, to be honest, I, I really think that somebody's going to pull him out of there, but it sucks because I, I just don't like the way that I was brought up in life, man. No, I'm, I'm dead serious, man. I'm the son of a, I'm the son of a coach. My father coached football and basketball. So it, I watched my father put his heart into it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like watching mm-hmm. coaches that don't coach for money and get the best out of those athletes. It's like, that's what I respect. When they start chasing money, it's like, I don't respect the coach any longer. Like, I watched Coach K earn that money. You know what I'm saying? Even though I can't stand Duke, mm-hmm. I can't stand it. Even when I say the word Duke, I, like, curl my toes. Like, oh, like, like it hurt me. But it's like knowing Coach K earned that check. You know what I'm saying? Like, go out there and burn this, this university down and make a name for yourself like Coach K did. Who, who, who was Duke before Coach K? He's been there for 42 years. Like, who were they before mm-hmm. him? You know what I'm saying? Like, do that at Cincinnati. Build that legacy. Win a national championship and bring it there at Cincinnati. Who would expect that? You know, but Notre Dame is probably going to throw him one of those, oh, we'll get you millions of dollars, get you a big boy house, your wife, everybody taken care of, and he's going to leave. You know, and it's like, why? You know, well, well I get it, you know, because people want easier lives and, and making, you know, this is what people work for. I get it, man. But, like, me, blue-collar father, watching that happen, man, is it's like, I feel different about it, but I think they will get him out of there because he's a talented coach and um, he's done an excellent job with what he's been able to work with out of Ohio. But I don't want to see it, but it'll, it'll happen. He'll, he'll be gone next year. Yeah, it's not a glamour position. To your point, it's a perfect fit, though. I mean, he, him and his wife are Catholic. I think you know, Trip. You know, Brian Kelly left. Uh, Cincinnati to go to Notre Dame, you know, just to be the natural progression. I think if Cincinnati makes the playoff, I don't think he becomes the coach. I don't think they can wait until mid-January, Notre Dame can, to to fill a coach. Um, Cincinnati's going to the Big 12. That's a step up from the AAC, right? Um, 
maybe you're right. Maybe they can build a legacy there. But, I mean, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. I mean, you you said it, TP. NBC, um, national championship, like, always on that level until they lose a couple games. Like, it's, wait, it's so hard to turn down. Moving, it's hard to wait, turn down. Are to the Big 12 or the Big 10? They're going to the Big 12? Big 12, yeah. yeah they're going to Cincinnati, the Big 12. BYU, Houston, and USC, oh. uh, UCF are going – are 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 they they have to give That's they have horrible. to give twenty seven months notice and they have to pay a ten million dollar fee to leave the AAC but all signs are pointing to that date by two thousand twenty four they will be in the Big Twelve. They're gonna to have to travel far every game they leave Ohio. That's yeah. bad on their team every single season. That's not good. That's not smart. Them Bearcats better. They got to think about that. That's not smart. Well, hey, y'all do what y'all want to do, man. Yeah. Hey, listen. Again, I don't the feel big, like the big, the big, the big because, I mean, it, it's right there. Right. That's what I'm saying. All the big, big teams, teams all. All, all the big teams are right there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Come see That's me. Come see me. Yeah. So what do you think, uh, Sirius? Is Fickle going to – you think he'll leave? And what do you think about Cincinnati leaving to the Big 12? Oh, he's gone. He, he, he gone. He gone. You know what I'm saying? I mean, again, here's the thing, like, you know, when, 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 when I was reading the report, you know, in the article on why Brian Kelly left, um, and it seems to be the sentiment with all these coaches that, that, that I've left, when you're talking about Lincoln Riley, they said these exact words, the opportunity was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, you know, everybody in, in mm-hmm. their profession, you know, works you know, for the for, for the next um for, for the next opportunity. You know what I'm saying? To T P point, I kinda get where he's coming from. You know what I'm saying? You coach for the love of the game and this, that and the third, but ultimately, you know, you, you gotta feed your families and do this, that and the third. Um, so the fact that the Cincinnati coach has an opportunity now to, you know, put more, you know, dollars in his pocket and make himself a better situation for he and his family um, they go to Notre Dame, not to mention the religious aspect of things. Um, I, I, I think he's gone. I mean, here's the thing. If there is a winky-wink understanding that he's going to be their next head coach, I don't think Notre Dame just quickly hired somebody. I, I think they waited out, let him, let the bowl season play out, let, let him do what he has to do, and then do this respectively and do this with honor and dignity in class, unlike – what LSU and when Brian Kelly did or what Lincoln Riley did. Lincoln Riley's already down on the ground. I'm not even sure if he's coaching their bowl game, you know? Uh, so no, we'll no, he's not. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. He's, he's point, not coaching yeah. the bowl game. My point but is that. I mean, so, well, go ahead, Sirius. I'm sorry. No, but yeah, but to, to, to my point, so I, th- I I I think he's long gone, and you know I, I think that they're going to do it respectively. But um, I think by the time you know the football season is over, and it's a wrap him. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it too, serious in in TP. I, I I look at it from this perspective that they got to recruit, right? They got to get kids in the door now. You you know. At least around here, um, TP knows the, after Thanksgiving, like our our high school season is over. So these this is the time you start recruiting kids, right? Um, Notre Dame's got to get in there. The transfer portal's filling up. You got to make you got to have a coach in place so that a kid wants to commit to your school. I don't know if they will wait if if there's a handshake deal or what have you. So. But we'll see. But Cincinnati going to the Big 12, the Big 12 is, is, going, is undergoing massive changes uh, with, with Oklahoma leaving for SEC. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, it's good to talk some college football. I don't really get to talk a lot of college football uh, with you guys. So um, I'm so glad we got, in, got, in, got it in and got it popping. So, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. I didn't even get to the NFL. Um, serious, give me a close. Uh, we got to get out of here. Who wins tomorrow night, Cowboys or Saints? You know what? I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. Um, you know, the, the Saints are, are, are a mess right now, and I don't foresee 
them getting right at all, man. With that being said, it's your boy Sirius up in that four one two and the seven oh three man. Such a pleasure to be here with you guys. Um, talking baseball and college football, two topics we don't hit enough on this network, man. So I'm proud to go with the both of you. Uh, definitely check us out on the website, the blogs, the, the finger foods on YouTube, man, the merchandise and everything, man. Um, Lord willing, I'll be back in here with you guys on the cafe tomorrow, man. With that being said, boys, go. A lot of basketball to talk tomorrow, man. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, listen, um, I like the Cowboys in this game, but if they lose <laughs> – I love it, but um, you know, even with even Taysom Hill is going to be able to play. I think with that foot injury, I, I the Saints are going the wrong direction. I, you know, who would have known like with Jameis Winston hurt that they just you know they can't find a way. So um, I like that like the Cowboys in that game. Um, thank you for listening to us. Call us cookout. Um, get to the website, the blog, the interviews. Got a lot of things going. The finger foods, um, a lot of a lot of big things popping. TT timeless, man. Give me your pick and get us out of here. You know what to do, my big brother. Um, it's called karma with the uh, Saints. They had a quarterback named Teddy Bridgewater that was sitting right there and ran the table while he was starting at the mm. quarterback position. While Drew Brees is out with injury, he won five games and five opportunities and en- ended up sending him somewhere else. This is what they get. Now they're stuck with a, a quarterback that's a slash type of quarterback and one that's trying to prove himself and did so much in doing so that he injured himself and it's an unfortunate situation because injuries are a part of football. Um, I, I think the Cowboys may win this game. I'm going to go with them, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints win the game. Here's why. Alva Kamara plays very well when it's a primetime game. He always shows up when the lights are on. So just imagine if he played spoiler for the Dallas Cowboys. You already know what time it is, SportsCityChefs.com. Check us out every day of the week. Or not, no, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the Chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Uh-huh.